Well, what is up, Emmanuel? How's everybody doing? What's going on? What's going on? What is up to all our campuses, microsites, all online? We are so glad you're here, but I got to give a special shout out. Special shout out to what is up, Banta Campus? What's up, Banta Campus? What's up, Banta Campus? Because my name is Aaron Beasley and I'm the Emmanuel Church Banta Campus pastor. And I am so glad to bring week three of our un hurried series. And the reason why we're doing this series, because if we're being honest, is we're in a hurry, right? Like we are going from one thing to the next. And why is that? Because our culture values people who are in a hurry. Like, you know, if you ask a question to someone like, how's life? Usually a response that you can get back is I'm busy. Or maybe we've overbooked our schedules. We just say yes to everything. We're afraid that we're going to miss out on something, a little FOMO, okay? Maybe that's where we're at. Or maybe we're just disorganized. We're not setting our alarm. That's why you 11 o'clock people are here, right? Okay. We're not setting our alarms, okay? Or maybe we're not scheduling right, and so we're late to a meeting, and then all of a sudden we got to get in traffic, and someone cuts us off, and that's a problem because they're making us late. We're just disorganized. There's many reasons why we're in a hurry. And in this series, we've looked at this quote from Dallas Willard that says, hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life. And so each week we've uh, taken a look at how this is true. And so our pastor in week one, he talked about how we make poor decisions when we're in a hurry. And also last week, he talked about how it's hard to love others well when we're in a hurry. And now I get to bring week three and I'm pumped up. What's another thing that happens when we're in a hurry and how it creates great enemy of the spiritual life. And it's this week three is hurry makes becoming like Jesus impossible. Hurry makes becoming like Jesus impossible. And many of us are on different uh, spiritual journeys right now. Some of us, we've been a follower of Jesus for a very long time. Some of us, we're not even sure about this Jesus thing. Someone invited us and so we're here and we are so glad that you're here or maybe you're watching online. And so, but hurry makes becoming like Jesus impossible. And so since we're on different spiritual journeys, I think that we can all agree on this is I think becoming like Jesus for all of us is a good thing. Like, you know, somebody who loves his enemies, somebody who cares for those who are the least of these, someone who brought justice, he stood up for what is right. Like, I think we can all say like, yes, I think becoming like Jesus is important, but hurry makes this impossible. Actually, John Ortberg has a great quote that says this, to grow spiritually means to live increasingly as Jesus would in your unique place to perceive what he would perceive, what Jesus would perceive, he looked through what? Your eyes. To look through your eyes, like right now, whether you're online at one of the campuses, Garfield, Banta, wherever that is, you're looking through his eyes and then to think what he would think, to feel what he would feel and therefore do what he would do. That's what it means to live like Jesus, to become like him. But this is hard in our hurried paced society. I know this because if you can't tell by my shirt, uh, I am a dad and my daughter is now one and we're finding new rhythms in my house because she's getting up really early. And 
You know, we hear the monitor and then she starts cooing. I don't even know what she's saying, you know. I hear mom and dad sometimes. And then she gets up and I open the door and she's on the crib and she's like bouncing, like, get me out, get me out, right? She's like super pumped up. She's a morning person. I am not, okay? And so she's super pumped up about it. But because of that, there's new rhythms in my house. And because there's new rhythms in my house, what started to happen is like, I just started to rush through my devotions, my prayer life, all that. Like, you know, I'd read the devotion, I'll read the verse of the day, right? And I'm like, oh, I'm good, check this, got that. You know, I'm a pastor, so I'm like, I, I read the Bible sometimes, so I'm good, like my spiritual life, but I'm not soaking it in my heart, I'm just rushing. My prayer life, like I'm praying as I go. Anybody know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I pray as I go, you know, like, you know, when I'm in the car, I'm just praying as I go, like, you know, that's where my prayer life is. And so, like, that's what I was doing. Well, fast forward, okay? Me and my wife are on this date night and it's going great. Like I'm, I'm on the north side. We're driving back from the north side. Had a great dinner. It's great. We're meeting some friends at the movie theater. They've bought the tickets already. And, you know, I'm already thinking the Jesus way, which is, you know, I want to be responsible for my finances. So we don't want to spend $17,000 on a bucket of popcorn. And so, you know, we go, we go to uh, the mall and get some cookies. Okay, so we have some cookies. And they're in this bag. And so we're getting ready to go to the movie theater. But, you know, you have to hide the cookies. You know what I'm saying? So my wife's got this, like, big coat. I mean, big coat with these big pockets. And I'm like, just put the cookies in your pocket and we'll go in the movie theater. So she puts the cookies in her pocket and it makes her coat kind of go down to the ground. She's like, not putting the cookies in my pocket. And I'm like, we just bought... You're going to put the cookies in your pocket because I can't put the cookies in my pocket because I've got this small little coat that's got like pockets this big and I'm not individually taking the cookies out and putting them in my pocket. So put the cookies in your pocket. Like, and I'm doing this, we're out, by the way, we're outside of our car. Like I'm, because we're in a hurry to get in the movie theater. So there's people walking by me and I'm like, how's it going? I probably have an Emmanuel shirt on. I'm probably like, hey, by the way, we've got multiple campuses, four service here, two services here. Come check us out. Not going well, right? Okay, you can even watch this online. Anyways, so now my wife gets out of the car. She gets out of the car and I'm like, okay, good. Like she's gonna put the, she, she, she gets, she sat back in the car then got back out and anyways, she gets out, here's the cookies and she's gonna put them in her pocket. She goes to the back of my car, sits in the back seat now, puts the coat underneath her legs and says, I'm not putting the cookies in my pocket. I don't care if we see this movie or not. So now I'm just really angry. And I, I look at her and I say, if you don't put the cookies in your pocket, I'm whisper yelling, you know what I'm saying? I'm never buying you clothes again. Cause you're not using the clothes for the purpose of what they're for. So I put the cookies in my pocket. Um, put the cookies in my pocket. And so we go to the movie theater and you know, I've got scrunched up cookies in my pocket 
My friends are like, how are you guys doing? I'm like, it's fine. We got in a fight about cookies. It's cool. Then I see other people from our church. I'm like, oh, hi, how are you guys doing? You doing okay? I'm like, I'm like mad. So the cookies were fine. They tasted good, whatever. Um, but why do I share that story with you? Because, yes, I was in a hurry to go into the movie theater. That's true. But really, because I was in a hurry with a new rhythm of my life when it came to my spiritual life, what came out of me was anger about cookies. Like, I was mad about cookies. <laughs> because when all that's in me is me, what, let me tell you, me comes out and me's not very good. Me's not very good. And I think that's really important for us to realize today. Paul kind of actually understood this in the book of Galatians, when he was writing to the church in Galatia, he kind of understood this principle. He says this, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature and when you're in a hurry, this is where you fall back onto. With your spiritual life, that's what I fell back onto with my wife. The results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, Sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and all other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, are they saying that, you know, you won't, he won't be able to go to heaven? And, you know, possibly, but really what he's talking about is, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're not going to bring the kingdom of heaven to this earth. You're going to bring all those other things we just talked about. And some of us understand this. Like we were in a hurry to get in a relationship that we probably shouldn't have gotten into with this person that maybe we don't match with or we know we shouldn't be dating. And then it led to things that we never thought that we would do. But we were in a hurry. Or maybe just like me, we were in a hurry to get my way and so you're in a hurry to get your way and you don't get your way and you punch a hole in the wall because you're angry. Or maybe you're looking around and you're seeing all these people with all these fancy clothes and cars and houses and, and you want that. And so greed and envy take over because you're in a hurry and you buy things that you don't have the money for. Or maybe you're in a hurry to express your opinion on matters. So you get on Twitter, Facebook, you tweet that thing, you post that thing because you want your opinion to be known and you create decision and division in our lives without bringing unity because we're in a hurry. See, that's what comes out when we're in a hurry. But then Paul says, but when we pause and we allow the spiritual life to come into us, here's what happens. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, like our pastor said this last week, it's hard to be in a hurry and love people well. Joy, peace, patience, just go ahead, hurry up, hurry up and be patient. You ever hear that? Well, that's like, an, is that an oxymoron, I guess? I don't, hurry up and be patient. That doesn't work. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, hurry up and have some self-control, okay? Hurry up. 
There is no law against these things. This is what the Spirit wants to produce in our lives. But if we're in a hurry, it doesn't flow out of us. See, Paul, in these verses in Galatians, he's trying to tell us something. The whole goal of the spiritual life is transformation. Like, that's the whole goal of the spiritual life, is transformation, is to change, to have less of me and more of him. Not me, but him. I love uh, what C.S. Lewis says. He says, Jesus came into this world and he became a man in order to spread to other men the kind of life he has by what I call the good infection. Every Christian is to become a little Christ. The whole purpose of becoming a Christian is simply nothing else. That's the whole goal. It's to bring glory to God by becoming more like him. That's our purpose. Actually, many of you today, maybe that's why you didn't want to follow the ways of Jesus because there were some people who weren't behaving like a little Christ. They were behaving like a little themselves. And that's what happens. Why is transformation so hard then? Like, why is that hard then? If that's what we're supposed to become, why is it hard for all of us who are following Jesus to become like him? Well, becoming like Jesus takes time. Like, if you've realized in this series, like, we're trying to slow down and let time, let us pause and let time come in with our love, with the way Jesus is, like, slow down. You know, Eugene Peterson, he wrote the Message Bible, and I love what he has to say about this. He says this, maturity cannot be hurried, programmed, or tinkered with. There are no steroids. You know, like, why do people take steroids? so that they can get bigger, faster. I, you know, I wish for myself that I could just like put a pill in in the morning and all of a sudden it's like, look at me, I'm like Jesus. Love, joy, peace, patience. Someone yells at me and I'm like, I love you so much. You know, like, but that's not what happens. There are no steroids available for growing up in Christ more quickly. Impatient shortcuts land us in the dead ends of immaturity. Like, that's where I was with my wife. I was trying to take some shortcuts because, you know, my life has changed. I got to move forward. So, you know, I've read this already. I'll just read it again. I'm good and move on. And it doesn't soak. You know, I love tea. I love Chick-fil-A tea, by the way. Chick-fil-A sweet tea. I don't know if you've ever had that. It's great. It's Jesus chicken. All right. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And it's really good. Now, some of you are going to be upset with me because after the service, you're like, Chick-fil-A sounds good. It's closed. Okay. Sorry. But I love Chick-fil-A tea. And me and my wife, we love tea anyways. We like tea. And, and so here, here's the thing is that if we were making tea at our house and we just dipped it in, like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. and now I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. Oh, that fell in. I'm done. Like real quick, let me have this tea. Mm. Some of you, maybe you can't even see this. It's just, you know, barely watered down tea. And if I taste it, it's so bad. It's really bad. Anybody had watered down tea or watered down Coke or anything watered down? Is it good? No, it's terrible. It's not good. But this is how many of us are living our spiritual lives. Like we 
Oh, I'll read this verse for five minutes. Boop, checklist, I'm good. Prayer life, I'll pray as I go. Oh, fasting, oh no, I'm not, I can't give up. Meditation, you want me to pause and think? No, no. Small group, oh my God, do you think I have time for a small group? No way. Serving, mm. and then this is what we get. And then the world looks at that too and says, I don't want that. That's watered down tea. That doesn't taste good. But see, when we allow it to soak, we allow it to brew, we get something like this. I mean, mm, this is Chick-fil-A tea. And let me tell you, there's sugar in there. So when you allow it to sit and stir and let your spiritual life, God sends blessings that you don't even know. You're like, that tastes good. Mm -hmm. That's good. It's good stuff. And you know, actually, I think this is what people want. Because then you can show people and tell people, I want this. I don't want this, but this is how most of us are going about. And then we even maybe try the Jesus thing or we go about, we're like, it doesn't work for me. Well, maybe it's because we're trying to get instant spirituality and there is no instant Jesus. You got to pause so that you can get this. That's why in Psalms 1, it says, oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating, pausing on it day and night. Not a checklist, not I'm a pastor and so I read my Bible here at work or not I'm a teacher and so my life's really busy so I to, or businessman, I've got this plan and I've got to go. No, 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 no. I'm going to pause and meditate on when, day and night. They are like trees planted, like rooted in the ground, can't be moved along the riverbank, bearing fruit. You know, the, what we talked about in Galatians, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Like well, bearing fruit each season. Like, what does that mean each season? It means that whether your finances are good or your finances are bad, whether it means your kids are listening to you, they're not listening to you, whether you got the teacher you really like or you didn't get the teacher that you like, whether you're in a relationship or you're not in a relationship, whether you have cancer or you don't have cancer, whether the marriage is going great or it's starting to get a little rocky, no matter what season you are in, you can bear fruit. Like, that's what it means. You mean I can have love when I'm suffering? Yes. You mean I can have love when I'm being blessed? Yes. You mean I can have self-control in those? Yes. Bearing fruit each season, but it starts with this. Their leaves never wither and they prosper. What? In all they do, but not the wicked. They're like worthless chef. You know what the farmers throw out? This, this is not nutritional. Get rid of this. Scattered by the wind. It's kind of like, you know, I'm just going to flow with life go wherever life takes me, scattered by the way, I'm in a hurry. This is what happens to us. 
So we need to start doing this the right way then if we want to become more like Jesus. Because I believe that all of us want to become like him in some way, shape, or form. Because there's no greater way to live. So what do we need to do then? Well, we need to have time in the word. Now, I think there's two reasons why sometimes this gets skipped. Number one is you've been a Christian for a while now and you've read your Bible and you've done this for a while now. And so you think, oh, I can skip a day or I can memorize this. And then it becomes two days and then it becomes three days and then it becomes months. And, and the next thing you know, you're like, oh man, I really need to get back into that. Or I think some of us don't read our Bibles because we've seen a bad example of Jesus or we're not even sure about this spiritual thing. And so we're like, I, I'm just not going to read it because why do I need it? And what I'm here to tell you today is if that's the case, man, I really hope, I pray that you read the Bible for yourself and you read the gospel, you read about Jesus's life and then you try to walk away not changed. Because I, I don't think it's possible when you read and you take time in the word. Then we need to have time in prayer. Like, my question is, when was the last time any of us got on our knees and prayed? Like, paused. Not prayed as we went, not just prayed in our chair, but like, you got on your knees and you said, God, let your will be done. God, my friend needs to know who you are because there's nothing better than you. You are the tea that they need. When was the last time we prayed that way for something? Or how about time with meditation? Like we just sit and we pause, maybe in a chair in our house, or we get up early and we think about the things that we've done. Or, you know, sometimes I pause and I meditate and I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have said that yesterday. Shouldn't have done that. The Holy Spirit starts to move in my heart, convict me of things. And then I meditate on verses, try to memorize them. When was the last time we slowed down to let that happen? How about time with others? Like, you know, getting in a small group, coming to church, getting with people who are trying to make it on the spiritual journey. You know, no one's perfect, by the way, in this place. Just so you know. Like we're all kind of trying to move to become more like Jesus. How about time with others? And you know, if you're saying today, well, you know, small group, you know, sometimes people, I'm not a people person, it's hard, it's all. Well, you know, here's what I know is that Jesus had 12 disciples and one of them was Judas, okay? And so if he was in Jesus's small group, I think you could put up with anybody in your small group. I'm just saying, <laughs> Right? Well, that person talks to me. Well, at least they didn't betray you, like, you know, to the cross. Anyways, uh, uh, time with others. Uh, next, time with fasting. When was the last time you gave up something for God? Like, you know, food, maybe social media, video games, TV. Like, time with fasting to allow God to work in your heart. How about time with serving others? You know, we have a great impact team where we would love for you to serve, but like God, God is asking you, maybe it's like, oh, I got to come an extra service. Maybe, you know, because God could work in your heart. He could start to work and make this and not this because nobody wants that. You know, if, if I think that sometimes in our life, when we get squeezed, like I got squeezed with my time, 
You know the first thing to go? It's all of this. Like if I get squeezed with my time, this is going away. First. And it's the most important thing. You know, sometimes people come up to me and they're like, did you hear about this pastor and, you know, the scandal that happened with this pastor? Or what about, can you believe that? Or what about the person, your neighbor, you thought was a good Christian? Can you believe they did that? Like, how does that happen? How, how do good Christians do bad things? They're not doing these. Like, I know how it happens. This isn't happening they're just going about the motions. It, it's not brewing. It's not soaking into their soul, their mind, their heart. It has just become a job. It, it is this and not this. That's how it happens. That's how it happens. You know, Jesus gave us the example because many times if, if being in a hurry makes it hard to become like Jesus, maybe we should look at Jesus' life on how he does it. And I'm so glad that he shows us a way to the Father. He, he shows us the example to become like him. And it's this, in Mark 1, 35, it says, before daybreak, the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. You know, you can look all over the Bible and find these, these types of verses where Jesus is resting, he's praying, he's spending time with his Father, like, like do, you, do you hear me, Banta? Do you hear me, Garfield Park? Like, online, Greenwood Campus? Like, this is what it's like to become like Jesus, to be close to the Father, to pause with our life, to pause and slow down. So then, what do we need to do? What do we need to do so that we can become like Jesus, we can spend time with him, we can become this type of tea? Well, we need to spend, or we need to create a daily time. We need to create a daily time. We need to create a daily time. You know, my daily time was not good with God. It was rushed. And so then when my wife said she wasn't going to put the cookies in her pocket, I was like... Put the cookies in your pocket. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, from put the cookie down. Except I was like, put the cookie in your pocket. That's what I was like. I was so mad. Because I wasn't creating a daily time, like time to let it soak in my heart. So maybe it's time in the word, time in prayer. Maybe you need to meditate. Maybe you need to fast daily. Whatever that is, create a daily time. Then you need to create a weekly time. That, that could be your small group. That could be actually coming to church every week, watching every week, not just bi-weekly. Like, create a weekly time to get close with God. We all need that. And then, lastly, create a yearly time. Like, have some special moments with you and God where you're creating yearly time. It could be Christmas and Easter, like there's natural holidays to kind of allow us to get to that place. You know, I think people, like most of the time, people are nicer around Christmas. Why do I think that is? I really think it is, is because Jesus is being highlighted more. Or, or how about this? Uh, students, you can go to summer camp. 
Like that's a yearly time. Or how about missions trips? We have missions trips all around where you can serve yearly, but maybe take a yearly vacation where you're focusing more on God, like you're getting away to rest, to get away from the normal rhythms of life. So really, I I have a question, and the question is, is easy to say, but I think it's hard to put into practice with the way our culture is. And it's this, how will you give God access to your time? Like, I I can't make you, we, we can't make you at this church give access to God. And here's what I promise you, is that if you don't give access to God, you're never gonna become this this nice brew tea that sits in there for a while where people want to drink this where it's brewed it's soaked into the water it's it's got sugar maybe in it blessings i i don't want this for my life i don't want this i don't want to get mad about cookies like it's not worth it There's something greater here where no matter what's happening in our lives, we're showing joy and peace and kindness. You mean when someone doesn't like me? Yes. When someone doesn't agree with the things that I believe? Yes. And then watch what Jesus will do, but it starts with getting less of me and more of him in my life. So how will you give access to him? Is that daily, weekly, yearly? Start to plan that out. But then I wanna talk to some of us today across all of our campuses online, right here in this auditorium, that maybe we've never given God access to our life. We've never accepted him. It's always been just us by ourselves or the people around us. And what I'm here to tell you today is there's no greater decision than to give your life to Jesus and say, I need you because he wants to transform you into what you really created to be. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Well, then how do I do that? Well, see, Jesus came to this earth and lived the life that you and I couldn't. And then he went to a cross to sacrifice himself because of that sin. But he didn't stay dead, he rose again to conquer sin and the grave. And the word tells us that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, we can be saved. And so I wanna give everyone that opportunity today to receive the Lord and to give access maybe for the first time for Jesus to come into their life. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, you could say something like this. It's not the prayer that saves you, it's the heart behind it, it's confessing who Jesus is. And you can just say, Jesus, I haven't given you access to my life, to my time. I've tried to do this all by myself. And a lot of times what comes out of me is not good. But I know today you wanna change that. You went to the cross, you died for me. And then you rose again, conquered sin in the grave so that I could receive your Holy Spirit right now so that he could work in my heart and start the transformation process. That's what I want, change my heart. I love you, I trust in you, no longer myself, but you.
give you all the praise for what you're gonna do in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you said that today, we wanna give it up because that's the greatest decision you can ever make. And I've got some friends in the back of the auditoriums at all of our campuses online. You can check the box and we'll send you one of these because this is a New Believers Bible and we just believe that the Bible is how we continue to work. Time in the Word continues to change and mold our life. So I pray that you will go back there, get one of these, and also that you will, uh, if you have any questions answered, they will also help you with that. And so I just want to close with this. How will you guys give access to God? And watch what God will do. Can you imagine a room full of people giving access to God? Like pausing and allowing Him to move in their hearts and minds? I believe that our community would just look 100% different. I believe that. Across all central Indiana, the world, our communities would look different. You join with me as we pray to close. God, I thank you for what you've done today. I pray that we leave different. I pray that it won't be us, but it will be you that continues to come into our lives, that we'll be good tea, good sweet tea that moves in people's lives and people will say, what's different about them? And we can say, it's your spirit, it's you, because we are becoming more like you. Lord, help us take the time, help us to pause, not be in a hurry, but instead allow it to soak into our hearts, our minds and our souls so that what comes out of us is different, especially when it comes to cookies. We love you and we praise you and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we hope that you have a great Memorial Day weekend. Thank you for being here. We hope to see you next week and bring a friend. See you later.